The American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Good evening, everyone. This is Dr. Alan Fine, the uh, podcast editor of the Annals of the American Thoracic Society. And today uh, we are privileged to be speaking to Dr. Surya Bhatt from uh, the Pulmonary Critical Care and Allergy Division at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And we're going to be talking uh, about a uh, subject that is of great interest to all of us, and uh, that is the issue of asthma COPD overlap syndrome. And I, I would just add that while all of us see it quite frequently, there has been a long history of controversy over what this uh, designation really means, how it influences the way we uh, treat our patients, and um, even how to define it in an individual patient. And in this month's annals, there is a paper entitled History of Asthma in Patients with Chronic Obstructive Pulmonary Disease, a Comparative Study of Economic Burden by uh, a group uh, from Canada led by Dr. Sada Savavi. I have to make sure we present uh, his name properly, but it was an excellent study comparing the economic impacts of patients with COPD asthma and those with the overlap syndrome. And the follow-up editorial by Dr. Bott sought to analyze the impact of this syndrome. So welcome, Dr. Bott. Uh, thank you for the invitation to participate in this podcast. So uh, I'm going to ask questions that are on my mind, and uh, I'm looking for your take on uh, these clinical issues. So I'll just add that I participated in a number of debates over the years about whether there really is an asthma COPD overlap. So do you think it exists? And uh, what's your definition? I think the answer is yes. Uh, like you stressed, I think if you ask a number of people and a number of pulmonologists across the country, probably the opinion will be divided whether it exists or not. I believe it does exist. However, the answer to this question is not straightforward, and uh, I'll have to give a qualified answer. As clinicians, we've long recognized that some patients with chronic AVS disease are almost impossible to characterize as either asthma or COPD. Uh, as diagnosticians, we like to place patients in clean boxes, but this is not always easy. Researchers have followed this lead, and tremendous strides have been made in the past few decades to distinguish chronic AVS disease and further phenotype these entities. But the inability to place these patients in clean diagnostic brackets has been frustrating, uh, but has also led to the coining of the term ACOS, or the Asthma COPD Overlap Syndrome. Now, if you perform a PubMed search, you'll notice that ACOS first makes an appearance starting about 10 years ago. So it's uh, kind of recent, but in the large scheme of things, it's a relatively new term. And uh, for better or worse, studies of asthma and COPD have traditionally excluded the other. Now, this has made it extremely hard to characterize patients with features of both asthma and COPD. ACOS has some features of asthma and some features of COPD, and it should be suspected in COPD patients with increased bronchodilatory versatility and in asthma patients with a history of smoking 
who develop either non-fully or irreversible airflow obstruction at a later age. Unfortunately, there are no clear definitions. Perhaps the best diagnostic criteria, although not yet validated, are from the Spanish COPD guidelines. Now, these guidelines provide major criteria that include highly positive bronchodilator response. When I say highly, that's double the usual ATS criteria, sputum eosinophilia, and a previous diagnosis of asthma, and a variety of multiple minor criteria that include elevated immunoglobulin E in the blood, and a history of atopy and a positive bronchodilator response. Recently, the Global Initiative for Asthma, or GINA, and the Global Initiative for COPD, or GORN-COPD, combined a list of a variety of criteria. Uh, they listed a variety of symptoms side by side for COPD and for asthma, and they said if you have three symptoms of the other, when you fit into one category, then you, are, you possibly have ACOS. The problem, however, is that these guidelines are also very descriptive, and there's no specific test to confirm or refute the diagnosis of ACOS. Clearly, more research needs to be done. That said, for clinicians, a practical consideration would be to suspect ACOS in COPD patients with either a past or a current diagnosis of asthma, or clinical features of asthma, such as episodic symptoms, um, allergic triggers, comorbidities, such as rhinitis and sinusitis, elevated immunoglobulin E or a fractional excretion of nitric oxide, which is elevated, or with variable airflow obstruction, anything that suggests some features of asthma. Uh, on the other hand, in patients with uh, asthma, ACOS should be suspected if the asthma is of late onset uh, with only partially reversible airflow obstruction or in asthmatics with a significant history of smoking burden. So I think the answer is um, a qualified yes. I think it does exist. We see this commonly. But in the current era of trying to distinguish patients into distinct phenotypes so that we can target therapies, uh, I think this does pose a little bit of a problem. So, so let me ask you, how, uh, when I, I first looked at this problem, I think the consensus was this occurred in maybe 10% of COPD patients. Do you think our uh, understanding has led to... Uh, a different view of how common this is, and does it matter whether the patient arrives at the overlap syndrome coming from a lifelong history of asthma or a long history of COPD? Again, this is a tough question to answer because the prevalence figures are hard to obtain because there are no clear definitions of ACOS. And uh, a variety of investigators have analyzed large pre-existing data sets and have used their own definitions, which make sense, but they're not uniform. For example, some uh, investigators have used um, a history of asthma in patients with COPD. Some have used a history of asthma or a diagnosis of asthma after the age of 40 to exclude childhood asthma in a patient with COPD. And on the other hand, in patients with asthma, people have used um, uh, irreversible airflow obstruction as a sign that these patients have now developed COPD, but this is ACOS. So I think it's a tough question to answer. This is also complicated by the fact that both asthma and COPD are extremely prevalent in the population, uh, each having a prevalence of about 6 to 8%. So it's not surprising that these two conditions frequently coexist. However, the population prevalence of ACOS appears to be significantly higher than just a chance occurrence of these two conditions in the same patient. The population prevalence, if you look at some of the larger studies, I think, to me, the enhanced three uh, analysis by um, Menino and group seems to be the most uh, reliable in terms of generalizability. 
and they found a prevalence in the range of 2.5%. Some of the other larger cohorts have found a population prevalence of 25 to 4% for uh, ACOS. But uh, looking at the coexistence of one condition uh, in patients with the other condition, for example, COPD in non-asthma and uh, asthma in non-COPD, the prevalence in these selected populations appears to be in the range of 12 to 60%. Now, that's a really wide range, and I think it's an indicator that more research needs to be done in, uh, in finding out the real prevalence of this condition. I think you brought up a good point. Uh, I think ACOS is a very heterogeneous condition. I don't think uh, patients arrive at a diagnosis of ACOS in a uniform way. It could perhaps be in two or three different ways. For example, someone with poorly controlled asthma who goes on to develop irreversible airflow obstruction can have features of COPD at a later age but might have started with asthma. There, there's increasing recognition that childhood or early onset asthma is a significant risk factor for development of COPD in later age, more through a biologic mechanism, I believe. People with COPD who develop atopy or airway hyperresponsiveness later in life, uh, I think, constitute a distinct subgroup of ACOS. So I don't think they're one uniform entity, uh, and I think they're quite heterogeneous. Well, I think that's a, a very good way of uh, looking at it. Now I want to just turn to your impressions or your thoughts about the paper by Satas Safavi uh, about uh, the impact on the economic burden. And, and what, what, what do you think the contribution of uh, this paper is? Let me briefly describe it. So um, Sadat Safavi and colleagues analyzed health services utilization patterns in patients with a history of asthma. Now, this is, uh, as we just discussed, one subtype of ACOS. They used data from a centralized health services database in uh, British Columbia, Canada, from calendar years 1997 to 2012. And uh, during a 24-month rolling window, meaning they included patients with either an inpatient or outpatient diagnosis of COPD using ICD codes, and uh, they then categorized these patients into COPD without asthma and uh, ACOS, that is COPD with a history of asthma, with the caveat that patients with a diagnosis of COPD should have had a diagnosis of asthma separated by at least two years. And the reasoning behind this was they wanted to provide a temporal distance between the diagnosis of asthma and the diagnosis of COPD. So at least I think strengthening the uh, presumption that these patients really started off with asthma and then ended up with COPD. Uh, they then performed propensity score matching to create a balanced cohort across both groups with adjustments for uh, demographics, socioeconomic status, and comorbidity. Of the original 194,000 patients that they started with, uh, they ended up comparing two equal groups of about 22,500 each. They then compared costs over the next 12 years for both inpatient and outpatient visits. And I believe the strength of the study is that it's uh, based in Canada, so I think they're less subject, or at least I expect them to be less subject to the socioeconomic and insurance vagaries of the American system and perhaps received more uniform care in terms of um, economics. What they found is that patients with ACOS had greater overall health care costs mostly associated with medication use and outpatient visits. Uh, this has been shown before in previous studies, but interestingly, they found that hospitalization costs were in fact lower for those with ACOS, and I believe this is likely due to the shorter-lasting but greater fluctuation in lung function in COPD patients with additional asthma. I believe this is an important study because the authors highlight the additional costs associated with ACOS, 
at a time when healthcare costs associated with both COPD and asthma are escalating. This study is important not just for the medical findings, but also for the methodology used. And I found their methodology uh, rather interesting and think um, this might have uh, greater applicability to other such studies for either finding associations and linkages between possibly related conditions uh, or for finding hitherto unknown um, associations. The finding of additional costs is not really novel. There's multiple other studies that have examined this issue, but the authors apply the techniques of clinical phenomics, whereby they find associations between two conditions using large data sets, and they advance this concept by using the concept of temporal phenoming, whereby two diagnoses are separated in time. Now, I think this leads more credence to stronger links than just a chance association. But I think most importantly, this paper draws attention to a problem of major public health importance. So at the um, clinical uh, level, let me, let me ask you, how does the diagnosis of overlap syndrome influence how you manage uh, a patient, uh, what kind of prognosis you might expect? Uh, why is it important to understand that there is an overlap in a given patient? I think the therapeutic implications are twofold. For an individual patient, it's perhaps prudent to withhold monotherapy with uh, long-acting beta agonists, uh, in which there's a higher risk for mortality and exacerbations with monotherapy in patients with asthma. But we have to remember that there are no studies which have specifically looked at ACOS for therapeutics because these patients have traditionally been excluded from both asthma studies and COPD studies. So I think most of the recommendations from guideline societies and from review articles are mostly based on extrapolations from asthma studies. And uh, I think these patients are also more likely to respond to inhaled corticosteroids. So there should perhaps be a lower threshold to prescribe inhaled corticosteroids in these patients. On a larger scale, I think we need specific studies of this phenomenon. Uh, studies of asthma and COPD, like I mentioned, have excluded these patients altogether. And uh, this issue, I think, also gathers steam because of this and other recent papers showing that patients with ACOS have worse respiratory outcomes and they incur higher health care costs. Practically, I think instead of diagnosing a patient in cross-sectional profile, as one would do at a given point in time at a patient encounter, we should make every effort to gather a temporal profile, both going backwards in time with good history taking, as well as patiently following these patients prospectively for some time. I think we can take the lead of other specialists, such as rheumatologists, who wait a long time before arriving at a more definitive diagnosis for a patient. And in the absence of more definitive and specific criteria for diagnosis, we should make every effort to try and place them either into asthma or COPD groups. And after all efforts have failed, or if all efforts have failed, they would fall into the uh, ACOS category. Well, I think uh, you've definitely highlighted the importance of this uh, syndrome. I think as you so eloquently stated, uh, we have not studied it specifically uh, and have instead uh, relied on what may be a, an artificial definition of COPD and asthma rather than recognizing that airway disease crosses uh, a large spectrum uh, of illnesses. So I have enjoyed your discussion. I think it was just uh, wonderful, and I want to thank Dr. Surya Bhatt from the uh, University of Alabama with and for sharing his thoughts on this uh, probably extremely common, 
variant of uh, chronic airway disease. So for the uh, American uh, Thoracic Society, uh, this is uh, Dr. Alan Fine wishing you a good and most importantly safe evening.